Good morning, everyone. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Good morning, Josh. <laughs> um, so it's such an incredible day today because we all get to be in person. No mask. Some hand sanitizer, some mask, all good. I am incredibly thankful to be here. And thank you for welcoming me because I know it's been a long couple months uh, without church, like just church online. Uh, so thank you for the first full reopen that I am preaching. I think it's, I think it's such an amazing opportunity. So I just want to thank you. Okay, well, today I'm going to continue our first Timothy series. Right now we're right at the end of chapter 4. Um, but just a little bit, there's a little bit of an intro. Uh, so I, my name is Graham. It probably comes up as a different name. Yeah, Gandalf. Okay. <laughs> so running joke. So when I first came here, people didn't really know my name. So they just said every other G name besides Graham. So it's just like a running joke in case you don't know. Uh, but I love it. It's good. Uh, so I'm originally from Ontario. I was born in Oshawa, which is an hour east of Toronto. Uh, I, I've grown up in a loving home of a Christian family and my parents and my one older sister named Chantel. She, my, my sister, she's 25. She's currently a pastor in Whitby, Ontario, so she's doing really well. Um, so that's a little bit about me. And in September of 2017, I flew to Abbotsford to do the Omega Global program. And then I stepped into the Pastoral Theology program, which I'm almost done. Uh, it is a four-year program, but I am taking an extra year uh, just because academics can be a little too much. Uh, but that's okay. More time to, to make mistakes and to learn and grow. So I just want to thank uh, James for last week. Uh, we, taught, we, we had a really sensitive uh, topic with the, what's going on in our country right now with the uh, residential schools. And I just want to say thank you, James, for presenting that in such a sensitive manner, uh, but also in a way that is not condemning. Like, we have, we have mistakes in the past, uh, and I think it's really important for a church to recognize what's going on and to pray for our country and to pray for forgiveness and reconciliation. So thank you, everybody who, who listened and took the time, and thank you, James, for, for sharing that. Because um, originally, I was supposed to preach that Sunday, and I got kind of concerned. that I'm like, oh, am I going to talk about this? <laughs> so, uh, so thank you, James. I just wanted to say that. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to jump into 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 11 to 16. If you want to flip with me, please do, or on your phone. Um, again, 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 11 to 16. Command and teach these things. Don't look anyone, or don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Oh, okay. Cool. So that's right at the end of chapter 4, and right after those verses, chapter 5 begins. Um, so just a little bit of context. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's continuing to mentor and teach Timothy. So Timothy is like his young uh, apprentice, like still being trained in ministry. Um, but at this point in the story, Timothy has been through a lot. And just a couple things to note. He's been fighting against false, uh, false leaders and their bad theology. So in the beginning of the book, he's uh, pastoring through false teaching. Later on, instructions on worship. And 
and then a little bit in the middle, appointing uh, leaders for the church. And now we're talking about uh, character and discipline and spiritual growth. So that's a little bit of background of, of what's going on right now, in case you didn't know. Um, so, so the first three verses I want to touch on really briefly. Uh, a huge highlight here is command and teach. So Paul tells Timothy to continue teaching proper theology. Again, he's still working through against false teaching. That hasn't, it's, it's slowed down a lot, but it hasn't fully stopped. It's a continuing uh, work. But in the middle of this, Paul actually takes time to encourage Timothy. Because I, I can imagine if, uh, if I was Timothy, I would need a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> so, so it's really interesting that Paul takes the time to like, hey, just because you're young, don't let people look down on you. And I'll touch on that a little more in a bit. But Paul is giving Timothy a huge job. He's saying, hey, be an example for others to follow, which is not an easy task. So actually, Paul, instead of just leaving Timothy high and dry, he actually talks about five different uh, ways to be an example. So in speech, so it's like teaching, in conduct, who you are in public and in private, in love, in every aspect of your life, in faith, and in purity. So this is practical advice, which is really important because when you're mentoring someone, you actually want to give them something tangible to hold on to instead of just saying, hey, awesome, keep doing what you're doing. Because then Timothy would be like, okay, what should I do? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Timothy has felt discouraged before. Like, like, I, like I said, I can't imagine. Oh, hey. Oh, water. Oh, thank you. Am I dry? Am my voice dry? Okay. I was trying to avoid bringing my water up here because I've seen so many people preach sermons and then drink water and then they like choke and it's like really awkward. Uh, so I'm going to do my best. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I can really relate to Timothy, not just because he's young, but because he's being trained in ministry. And that's not easy. And that's not easy at all. I'm sure he's felt discouraged before, which I have many times. So I'm 22 years old. Uh, I was born in, in 98. Um, where am I? Uh, sometimes I feel like, especially growing up, that I had, I had nothing to offer. I was surrounded by other people who knew more or didn't want my help or just thought, oh, you don't really know anything, so I was going to, like, leave you to the side. And often I would feel like, oh, okay, well, I'm just not going to help. I'm not going to, you know, just step up and be like, hey, I can help here or there. Especially when I was younger. When I was younger, like, I just felt like I didn't really know anything. So that caused me not to learn anything. So just like a little example. Uh, my dad, his name is Robert. Um, he, he's a really handy guy, like really good with, with his hands. Um, and often around the house, there's projects to do. There's things to be fixed. And the... And I wish, looking back, that I was, um, that I actually offered my help more. That I said, hey, Dad, let me learn a thing or two. Instead of just seeing him work and then being like, no, I'm going to go play video games. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> there, there were moments, don't get me wrong, there were moments where I did help my dad and, and I was a good help. And I, sometimes it just resorted to just holding the light for him and then him being mad because I'm not pointing the light right. <laughs> I know everybody has experience of that, especially young guys. Um, but what's really interesting, especially being at Summit, is what I found is that young people actually have a lot to give to the community. So are we giving them a chance to show it? 
Are we giving young people an opportunity to make mistakes? Or are we too afraid that they might break the fragile system? Because being at Summit, I'm surrounded by people who are just like me. Oh, I'm learning. I don't really know what I'm doing. But there's awesome leaders here. So I'm not going to question anything in class because what they're saying is 100% true. Uh, but trust me, there are many teachers, especially at Summit Pacific College, who actively encourage uh, open discussion about theology and about faith, which has really allowed me to grow and to ask tough questions and not just sit there and say, yes, I agree, that's awesome, without actually critically thinking. So I want to challenge you guys. Are we giving young people a chance? You know, maybe that student at Bible study, they're just showing up for the snacks, but do we actually take the, moment, the time and the moment to say, hey, I see potential in you, I want to call that out in you, and I want you to do this. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes, but this is a good place to do it. So this leads me to verse 14 and 15. Um, I called it, call it out. Call, calling out uh, potential in people. When you see someone doing something awesome, encourage that. Don't just be like, hey, thanks. But be like, hey, you're, this is great because you did this. What Paul is giving Timothy specific encouragement and specific things to do. Hey, Timothy, I see this in you. So you're going to go to Ephesus and you're going to work hard and it's not going to be fun. It's going to be a struggle. But in that struggle, your character will grow. Yes, you will make mistakes. You will face hard things. But I see it in you. Why, why would Paul hold back Timothy? Why, imagine Paul would be like, no, I'm going to go to this church. I'm going to do this church. I'm going to fix this problem, this issue. Paul would be utterly burnt out and unable because he is not God. Even though the Apostle Paul, great spiritual leader, amazing person in the Bible who wrote many, many books in the New Testament, still had limits and still needed to delegate people. And we see it way back uh, in Exodus when Moses was delegating leaders in Israel. That's just another example. But basically, Paul is reminding Timothy that he's loved. There is a support group of older leaders who encouraged Timothy. It wasn't just Paul, but later on in the, in the passage... It says, uh, don't neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the old, uh, excuse me, <laughs> uh, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. When I got this verse to preach on, right away, I focused on don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And I think that's really popular in this passage. People read that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm young, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do it. Um, but I think what we all also overlook is that there's a relationship here between the young and the old. When the body of elders laid their hands on you. And I'm not talking like, you know, super spiritual giants, old people. No, I'm talking maybe there's even a year difference or a couple months difference. Like, where, no matter where you're at, you have the ability to call things out on people and encourage someone. And it doesn't always have to be in a Christian kind of way. Oh, I see this spiritual gift in you. That's awesome. But also just with, hey, you're really kind, and I see this leadership potential in you, and I want to call that out. Because how often do we do that, like really, you know? Even with my friends. Like I'm, I'm hanging out in the dorm room at Summit, and one of my buddies, maybe he's struggling with something, and I just don't speak up. Like I don't call that thing out. Like, hey, man, like you're good at this. Why are you focusing on that? Like this is challenging for me because I rarely call things out in people just because I don't want to be wrong or I, I don't want to look stupid. But, like, at the end of the day, like, that doesn't matter. Because if you look silly or dumb, maybe you said something that they're like, oh, I connect with that. 
So there's a really interesting relationship between the young and the old, and I really wanted to like highlight that. I didn't want this sermon just to be about, hey, look at me, I'm Graham, I'm young, ha ha ha. Like I don't want to like, I didn't want to focus on that because that's really not the main point here. The main point, this whole passage, I believe it's built on mentorship. It's built on relationship and an environment of encouragement. So Paul, he, he said in, in verse 14, do not neglect your gift. Often when I read the Bible, I don't realize that people in the Bible were like us. They were humans, right? Like I think of them as biblical characters and like in a story, but like these are real people. So when Paul said, do not neglect do not neglect your gift. I questioned, did Timothy, was he about to pull out? Was he about to say, hey, I'm out of here? Or like, or did Paul know through the Holy Spirit speaking through him, hey, maybe you should encourage Timothy right, Timothy right now because he's probably feeling a little discouraged. So Paul is saying, don't neglect your gift. You know what they are. Continue in them. So mentorship is actively taking place in the book of Timothy. It's the whole backbone of First and Second Timothy is Paul and Timothy's relationship and Paul guiding and mentoring Timothy through the hard stuff. And absolutely, Paul knew he was going to make mistakes. Like Paul didn't elect a perfect person. Oh, yeah, he's going to, you know, he'll, he'll do great. He will do great. But in the struggle, his character is refined and he'll become a better spiritual leader for it. And he'll be a benefit to the church rather than a negative. So Paul is saying, give yourself completely so that everyone may see the grace of God in your own life. That's a tough one because I don't want people to see my mistakes. I don't want people to know the, the darkest things that I've done in my life. And often I like to push that away, push it aside. No, let's not talk about that right now. Let's not deal with that right now. But God is like, no, like that struggle, that pain, those months in your house during COVID when you thought life was over, like, I'm going to use that. Like, nothing is wasted here. So give yourself completely, and that's the hardest thing to do. And I'm not saying quit your job, live in the woods, you know, live a crazy life. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that give your heart completely. You don't have to give up your home or your, your family or your job. Maybe in some cases, yeah. But those simple acts of encouragement and love go a long way. In my life, I, if I didn't have a mentor in my life, my goodness, I do not know where I would be. I'd probably still be in Ontario doing something stupid. <laughs> like, I had, a lot of, I had a lot of good leaders in my life who called stuff out of me, and it was not pretty. It's not fun when someone's like, hey, you need to fix that. And it's like, I don't want to fix that. Uh, you hurt my feelings. And you, like, go away. But, like, but those, those moments are tough, but they're actually super transforming. So I can't help but think back to the time where I made a mistake and I had a leader with me or somebody I, I looked up to and admired to be like, hey, that wasn't okay. I remember I was in the chapel at Summit Pacific College. This was my third year. I was an intern for the Omega Global Program. Um, and before we started service, uh, they had a little intro, a little announcement, and there was actually a fire that happened in the school. This was just a couple years ago. Uh, but it was just the, I think it was the, the, uh, the dryer, like, for the clothes and stuff. It just caught on fire. Everything was okay. Uh, everything was fine. Nobody was hurt. Um, but one of my close friends, her name was Kaylee, she accidentally started the fire because she stuffed it a little too much of her clothes. Um, 
So during chapel, they were saying, hey, um, just let you know, don't put too many clothes in the dryer. And then people were kind of chuckling. And then without thinking, I was near the front too, without thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, wasn't that Kaylee? And then I, my face went like this. And then people around me laughed. But my goodness, like, like I, just, I just totally threw her under the bus because they weren't saying her name. They, were, they weren't saying, hey, Kaylee specifically started this fire. You know what I mean? They're saying, hey, just let you know, don't start fires. Uh, and I just wasn't thinking. There was no filter. And I just, just came out. I'm like, oh, yeah, wasn't that Kaylee? And then people kind of laughed. And, uh, <laughs> and there was a man in front of me uh, who is a dear friend of mine and mentor. His name is Jace Levine. He is the uh, Omega Global Director. And he was, like, directly my, my mentor. Uh, because I was an intern for that program. So basically what happened was, so I'm going to be Jace for a second. And then he was like, and then he was like looking at me. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, I, like, I feel like a little kid and I did something. And my dad's like, I'm like in trouble. And, and then he like went to like high five me, like dab me up. And he went like this. But then he like hit my hand. Probably not like the perfect thing to do in the moment. Cause, but he hit my hand. And he's like, and he said to me, yeah, I wouldn't want to be called out either. And then instantly I knew, I'm like, oh, like, he's, in the moment, it wasn't pretty how he corrected me in public. And only a couple people noticed. But wow, the absolute, like, I'm an idiot, like, feeling in my, in my whole body. It, like, it, it, like, shook me. And yeah, there's, there's proper ways to do things. But the, the reason why I share that story is because later, me and Jace had a really good conversation. And it led me to actually say sorry to Kaylee. Hey, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, like, I just, no filter. I just totally threw you under the bus. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And Kaylee, God bless her. She took it really, really well. Uh, and it was all good. But I had a conversation later with Jace. And then, and then that conversation turned into, you need to develop some filters. Like, you need to, to build some things in your, in your life where you won't say things like that. Because imagine if I, if nobody called me out in that moment, I would probably continue to have a no filter and say stupid things that are going to hurt people. So in the moment, I was upset that Jace like, hit my hand and called me out. But later on and now, I'm incredibly thankful that he called that out in me. Because now I say stupid things a little bit less. <laughs> OK, where am I? <clears throat> So yeah, I can remember all my mentors from the past, my parents, my youth pastor, Mike Rogers, and my mentor now, Doug Frederick, who's the program director in my course. These faith-filled people have allowed their hearts to be open to God to encourage the body of Christ. And to this day, like uh, Doug, uh, my mentor, he, he calls me once in a while. He's like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Let's, let's chat. And, and that, that's huge. Just being available is already stepping in the gap of, hey, this person needs encouragement. This person needs some love. Just being available, having your heart open to, to speak into that person's life. So, like, is your heart open? That's why I'm asking us today, including me. Like, is your heart open to allow God to speak to you, to speak to somebody else? Because how often have we really done that? Even, it doesn't matter where you are in your faith. Trust me, we're all on different journeys. But I really feel like this is connecting with some people today in this room and online. Don't forget, I, you're there. I know, the online people. <laughs> but really, when's the last time you encouraged someone instead of just saying, hey, that was awesome, man, great job, and then move on? You know, because, like, don't get me wrong, that's great. But it's something, it's deeper when you're like, hey, 
Josh, the way you sing is awesome. The way you move is so encouraging. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, when it's a little bit deeper, it goes a long way. I've had many times where people have said, hey, great job, or bad job, and it's like, oh, thank you, appreciate it. Um, but, like, I really remember the people who took the time to say, hey, you did this. That was awesome. Here's why. Like, giving, like, evidence and points to it. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, the tougher question is, when's the last time you really allowed God to speak through you to encourage someone who was struggling? And automatically, I do this too, I think, oh, it was COVID. You know, I couldn't really hang out with anyone. Um, yeah, I think that was a pretty big scapegoat that I used for a while, and maybe some of you too. But now is the time. My goodness, I'm not wearing a mask. It's open. It's awesome. You can see people. And I know it's different in many provinces and in the world, but we will get there. We are continuing to get there. And so even today, if you feel something on your heart for somebody you don't even know, oh, that's crazy. But somebody you do know, do it. Allow your heart to be open to it. Maybe not today. I don't want to pressure you in that way. But look, I'm not the one to, to convict or to, to say, hey, you need to do this. And no, that's God. I'm just saying this message because I really believe this is the backbone of this passage here, of what Paul is saying to Timothy. Or excuse me, or what Paul is doing to Timothy. He's like, hey, this is tough. Don't neglect your gift. Remember when people encouraged you? Remember when those elders laid their hands on you? That was powerful. Keep going. Why are you stopping? I'm encouraging right now, giving you some, you know, some Gatorade, some fuel to keep going. But what? Keep going. Remember when you were encouraged? Remember when that person said something so, so significant that it actually led you to your purpose and calling and passion? It's because of one person said something that they felt that God wanted to share. God uses us. He doesn't need us. Trust me. But he wants to use us. And that's beautiful. He wants our heart. He wants our hearts to be open. And this is, this is challenging because it forces us to actually be available So right at the end, and in verse 16, Paul says, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Wow, okay. Uh, that's crazy. So what does that all mean? What does this all mean? Paul is saying that your personal life and ministry are married. And what I, what I mean by that is whatever there's people where, excuse me, wherever there is people, there is ministry because everybody needs the grace of God. Everybody needs the Lord. So even though if you're working uh, at a career, hey, that's awesome, good for you. But was there ever, a, ask yourself, was there ever a moment where you saw a coworker or somebody doing your job where you're like, maybe I should pray for them. Maybe I should say, hey, I'm a total stranger, but like Jesus loves you. Are you willing to look a little weird and silly? Because... You don't know if that person, because of that moment, will come to Jesus later in their life. I have a coworker. So before this job, I was doing a landscaping job in Ontario. Um, and it was, I did it for three summers. So I built relationship with people there. And there, there's a guy in there uh, named Rick. And, uh, and Rick sometimes was challenging. Uh, but you know what? It was crazy because at work, he, he, <laughs> he annoyed me the most. Um, he, he would do things that were, that were a little silly, and I had a hard time being patient. But you know what's so interesting? I felt led to get him a Bible. And I'm like, 
what? I, I feel like, are you sure? I don't, is that me? Like, I don't know. And then I remember I ignored it for like two weeks. I ignored it and I'm like, mm, I'm not going to do it. But then just the things he would say, like I forget specifically, but I'm like, I need to get this dude a Bible. Like he's asking questions about Christianity. He's reading stuff online. And when he started asking me things that he read, that he read online, I was like, oh, no, that is not is not proper. So I remember on a Saturday, I bought him a Bible. And on Monday, I went to work. And I felt so silly because I'm giving him this, like, incredibly, like, dense book, you know. And it's like, uh, this is a little weird. And I felt silly. And then, but then when I went up to him and I gave him the Bible, he was so thankful. He was like, wow, like, I've never had my own Bible. I've always wanted to read one. But I just never, like, took the time to, like, get my own. And I'm like, yeah, man, take it. And he's like, do you want me to pay you back? I'm like, no, like, don't pay me back. Like, this is a gift. Imagine how, imagine I'm like, yeah, 100 bucks. Come on. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably get struck by lightning or something. Holy. Uh, but yeah, I told him, keep it, man. Keep it. And you know what? Um, that was uh, my second summer working there. And last year was my third. And during my third summer, like, he, nothing really came up. He didn't ask more questions. And I was a little bit discouraged. I'm like, oh, God, but, you know, like, the, he has a Bible now. You know, he's probably saved by now. And then God's like, dude, seeds. You planted seeds. Maybe that Bible is going to collect dust for the next 10 years. But maybe when he moves out, he's going to find that Bible. And maybe he'll feel a little nudge to read it. And then when God said that to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, oh, you're, we're good. We're good. So your personal life and ministry are married. Wherever you go, you can be uh, like Jesus, you can show the grace of God, and that's hard. That is tough. But what Paul says is watch your life and doctrine closely. Because it's one thing to say something, but it's a totally different thing to actually do it. You know? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this when I go home. Oh, I do that all the time. Oh, I'm, so, I'm terrible for it. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then, like, months go by. <laughs> um, but this is really important because we're not dealing with logistics and scheduling. We're dealing with, with people's eternity, with people's lives. This is one of the most significant things you could ever do. And so that's why it is so important to keep your life and your doctrine so close. And we've seen it before where that's not the case, where there's pastors in the world that they preach and they say, oh, pray, you know, all these things, but then... Months later, some scandal comes out or some, and yes, I know it's complicated, it's multi-layered, but what I'm saying is, is that there was a lack of life and doctrine. You can't keep them separated. They're married, and in a marriage, there's a balance there. There's a, there's a compromise, there's com communication, and that compromise is opening up your heart. Oh, God, I don't want to do this right now. Oh, that's too bad. Like, come on, do it. But the beautiful thing about God is that he gives us a choice. He'll never, ever force us to, go some, to, to do this or say that. But it's up to us to have our heart open to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to look silly right now, but I'm going to do it. So if you continue and persevere down the path of God, not only will you save yourself, you will also save others. Wow. That like, that's like, oh, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I get to save others. Obviously, I'm not doing the saving. God's doing the saving, but God wants to use me to participate in the saving. Oh, my goodness. What, what an honor. What an honor that the God of the universe 
wants you to be faithful so that your neighbor can be saved. That's why, that's why I, I titled this sermon, Watch Yourself, because there is plenty of moments in my life where I said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, but I didn't really follow through. And I want to I share that with you guys. Like, it's, it's incredibly convicting to later find out that because of my disobedience or because of my lack of trust, that that person is still in pain. They're still struggling. My goodness, being a Jesus follower is a lot of responsibility. And I felt that this morning. I uh, woke up and I'm like, wow, okay, this is heavy. This is big. But you know what? It's not about me. And I really believe that God prepared this message for all of us. Not just for me, not just for you, but for all of us. So your faith is not your own it's for others to witness and come to the truth. So keep going. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble. Absolutely. And I know it's kind of ironic because I'm a 22-year-old guy speaking to a pretty, pretty much everybody's older than me in this room. Um, and, uh, and I know it may sound a little backwards, but you know what? God can use anyone. And he wants to use everyone. But we have to be willing to step into that. No matter the age no matter where you, are, where you are in life, don't allow those scapegoats or those excuses to, uh, to hinder you from being a vessel for God's word. I would like to bring up the worship team. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So one of the most beautiful things about 1 Timothy um, is the relationship of Paul and Timothy. I couldn't help but think, wow, like, their mentorship is the backbone of this whole book. And it's such a good book. I encourage you guys to read it. It's really good. But as we continue to follow God and to be in his, in his mission and his calling and purpose, like the byproduct of pursuing God is the fruit of the spirit, joy, peace, love, all those great things. They're just a byproduct. As a Christian, you don't have to chase joy. You don't have to chase love or peace. Your job is to chase after God and to be like Jesus the best you can be, and all those things will be added. You know, there is moments in my life where I'm like, oh, God, I just need your peace, or I need this, I need that. But in reality, it's already given to me. I just need to step into it. So I want to challenge the way we think in terms of, God, give me this, give me that. No, God, allow me to have the courage to step into the things that you've already given me. And that is incredible. That is one of my favorite things about being a Christian is that it's not about you. And you don't need to be the superstar. You don't need to have all the right words. You don't need the perfect notes. You don't, like, you just need to chase after Jesus and be as obedient as you can be. Because when you're in line with the Spirit, and what God is doing in your life, people see that. And without even knowing it, you're an example. Without even thinking, oh, I'm going to be a specific example today. No, you already are one, whether you like it or not. And, and we've seen many times in the world where people weren't good examples or different denominations weren't showing love. And I hate that. I hate the strong word. I really don't like that. 
because it allows me to, it, I just, like, that's not me. That's not Jesus. Why is this group or that group doing this and that? Why are they promoting this division for the sake of love? But it doesn't make sense. We just, we need Jesus. At the end of the day, wherever you fall on the line, politically or just anything like that, we're all under one. That's Jesus. We're all under God. And we're part of the body of Christ. And, and I really believe we need to encourage each other instead of just, ah, well, they said our Facebook was dumb. I'm not going to engage with that. Maybe just sending a direct message, Jesus loves you. I don't know. Are you willing to be weird for the gospel? I think that's a funny saying. But you know what? I just want to challenge all of us. Because now is the time. COVID is almost over. It's almost there. But you know what? Like, now is the time. There are no more excuses. And that's so challenging for me to say. Because I have such a bad habit of putting things off. And I know I'm not the only one. But I want to end it with hope. You don't have to carry everything. It's not about you. You don't have to be this perfect person. All you need to do is chase after Jesus and what he has for you. And that starts by just saying yes. So God, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this incredibly honoring opportunity to speak. Lord, I just pray that all of us would find the courage to step into the things that you already have for us and the, and the things that are already there, but we just, need, we just need you, Lord, in all things. Remind us that it's not about us. It's not about um, what we bring to the table. It's not about how much money I have or, or how little money I have or how old or young I am, but Lord, we need you in all parts of life. So God, I pray that we would get the courage to encourage others around us. And Lord, thank you for your grace and your love. And we give it all to you. In Jesus' name.